Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will preview the remaining games on the Week 13 slate, we'll discuss this weekend's betting strategy, then head on down to my best bets, then I'll wrap up with a little fantasy football advice, all coming up on this episode of the full preview. Yet again, we have quite a top-heavy slate of matchups this week. We have several games with playoff seeding implications, and not much of anything else. As such, those games will be relegated to my speed round. But before I talk about those matchups, let's take a look at this week's games on our watchable games list. This first game could very well reward the winner with an AFC wildcard slot, as my 6-5 Denver Broncos visit the also 6-5 Houston Texans at home. Russell Wilson and the offensive line of the Broncos have done a decent job of either escaping pressure or preventing it altogether. I expect much of the same here, as Houston has a bit of a timid pressure package. It might not even matter, however, since the Broncos have made the rushing attack a main focus most of the year. Javante Williams and Samaji Pirine, who played a great game last week, should have success on the ground in this matchup. When they are faced with passing situations, Cortland Sutton and the receivers pair up evenly against this secondary led by rising star Derek Stingley. Russell might be in for a rough day through the air. This unbelievable five-game winning streak that the Broncos backed themselves into was mostly due to the fact that the defense has been lights out recently, specifically the pass rush and the play of the secondary. C.J. Stroud and the offensive line of the Texans, who are already shorthanded because of the Titus Howard injury, will have their hands full with Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning, and Nick Benito off the edges. As a result, we should see a heavy dose of Devin Singletary on the ground. This Broncos run-stop unit is essentially non-existent. As such, he should be very productive in the backfield. Down the field, we have some very intriguing matchups between the young receivers of the Texans and the opportunistic secondary of the Broncos. Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons are ball hawks for sure, and are always dangerous, but little known on the rise is Jaquan McMillian, who is always on the lookout for a takeaway. I wouldn't be surprised if he came up with another one here. Overall, this game should be very exciting to watch. I'm hoping my Broncos can pull off an upset on the road, but I have a bad feeling about it. It should be a close game at the very least, and of course I'm taking my home team to win, but take that with a grain of salt. Moving on, we have the 8-3 Detroit Lions visiting the 5-6 New Orleans Saints at home. If the Lions want to erase the embarrassing loss to the Packers last week on Thanksgiving, Jared Goff is going to have to do a much better job at preventing turnovers, which means he better be on the lookout for the Honey Badger, who has been on fire recently. Any wobbly ducks might be seen going back the other way. Goff shouldn't have to worry too much about pressure, though, since the Saints will be trotting out a bottom-third pass-rushing unit and their offensive line has played decently. New Orleans is better at playing the pass than they are the run, but that doesn't mean Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta should be grounded. There's potential for productivity here, especially off of play action, because I do expect Detroit to lean heavily on the rushing attack like they typically do, and they should be able to find a fair amount of success doing so. On the other side of the ball, Derek Carr and the Saints have been fairly inconsistent on offense. The checkdown king connection with Kamara hasn't been as effective as it was earlier on in the season. Kamara could finally get back into the end zone in this game, 
against a Lions team that let Austin Eckler do whatever he wanted to do a few weeks ago. And that was with a healthy Alex Anzalone, who will miss this game. The Lions also have a fairly weak secondary. Chris Olave has seen an increase in his targets and production recently. This trend should continue here. Overall, the Lions should win this one, but Jared Goff has shown he struggles on the road, at least during his time with Detroit. I could see the Saints winning in wild fashion. Up next, sitting quietly in the afternoon window for some reason, we have the biggest matchup of the weekend, as the 8-3 San Francisco 49ers visit the 10-1 Philadelphia Eagles at home. The Niners have been on an absolute tear since coming out of their bye week a few weeks ago. The return of Trent Williams and Debo Samuel has been monumental in their recent success, and as long as they can stay healthy, they'll be hard to topple, and this is probably the best game to test that theory. Brock Purdy doesn't play nearly as well under pressure. While this is true for most quarterbacks, it's especially detrimental to him specifically and this offense which relies so much on its timing. Now, Kyle Shanahan does a great job of scheming an oh-shit route underneath, typically to CMC, but I can see this amazing pass rush unit of the Eagles flustering Purdy, which usually leads to mistakes, as showcased during the Cleveland game. He'll need to keep a cool head and limit these types of mistakes. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle have very favorable matchups against this secondary. And if the line can buy just enough time, Purdy and his receivers are set up nicely for decent success in the passing game. But this offense goes the way of Christian McCaffrey, and he may have his toughest matchup against this ridiculous defensive front of the Philadelphia Bulldogs. I still expect him to put up his typical ungodly numbers, though. It just may not be as pretty. The Eagles are going to find similar problems as they face possibly the scariest pass rushing unit in the league. The addition of Chase Young and, to a lesser extent, Randy Gregory alongside Nick Bosa were genius, and have put this team over the top. However, Jalen Hurts is playing behind one of the top pass protection lines in the league. We have an old-fashioned, good-on-good matchup here. The Eagles do a great job of running a balanced attack on offense, but I expect the Niners' run defense to limit the effectiveness of DeAndre Swift and the rushing game forcing them into a more pass-heavy offense. As such, both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith should have an increase in targets, coupled with the poor play on the back end of the Niners' defense, and they could be poised for massive production. Overall, I'm very excited about this game. I think it should live up to the expectations and be a fairly close contest, but ultimately, I think the offensive firepower of the 49ers will be too much for this defense to handle. The Niners' defense will hold just enough times to eke out a victory on the road. Moving on, we have a less exciting game in a more exciting time slot, as the 8-3 Kansas City Chiefs visit the 5-6 Green Bay Packers at home. Rashawn Gary and this pass rush unit of the Packers have proven to be a real threat over the past few weeks, but I don't think it will be enough to throw Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey off of their games though. I expect Kelsey to have a monster day and while Rasheed Rice has increased his production, I still think Kelsey will be the leader in receptions and yards once again. Jordan Love and his young receivers have been playing well lately, but so have the Chiefs' defense. His offensive line has also been playing surprisingly well against the pass rush, but they will have their hands full with Chris Jones and company, 
The real strength of this offense is its unpredictability. There hasn't been a clear number one receiver established yet, and as a result, they use this to their advantage. Much like the Texans, any receiver could go off at any moment. This keeps the secondary on their toes. I expect whoever isn't matched up against Legereus Sneed to have a big day. If the Packers want to keep this a low-scoring game, however, they'll need to rely on their running game. You can run on this defense, and A.J. Dillon, who is filling in for Aaron Jones again, should be able to have a decent day out of the backfield. Overall, the Packers could keep this game entertaining, but ultimately, I can't see the Chiefs coughing up a loss to the Broncos and the Packers. They typically only get a few of those games, and it seems they already took them early in the year. The Chiefs are poised to run the table and likely come away with the top seed in the AFC, like they are known to do. Chiefs roll in this one. The last game, on my watchable games list, almost didn't even make the list, as we have the 5-6 Cincinnati Bengals visiting the 8-3 Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Watching a Bengals game without Joe Burrow is just depressing. I had such high hopes for this team. I even picked them to win it all before his first injury in the offseason. But this game is on a Monday night, and I can't not talk about a Monday night game in depth. While I do think the Bengals are a drag to watch now, I do enjoy this Jaguars team, and I'm hoping they can bring enough excitement for two teams. Considering this club's affinity for trying to smash Etienne straight into the biggest guy on the defensive line, I'm thinking not. If they can keep Travis on the outside, where he's much more effective, he could have a big day. However, the Jaguars play better offensively when they can get Calvin Ridley more involved. There's a chance we get to see more of this, and I hope we do. Also, Zay Jones is back, and during the first part of the season, Trevor seemed to favor him in the red zone, and I could see this trend continuing on Monday night. Let's be real. The Bengals' defense is just as dejected as their offense after the loss of Joe Burrow, and this Jags offense should be able to do whatever they want against them. I'm taking the Jags to win in a likely one-sided affair at home. And that will conclude our watchable games list. Now some of the remaining games are truly terrible. And while we're about to enter my speed round, some of these games may be super speedy. First up, we have the Colts at the Titans. Jonathan Taylor is out for this game, and their offense relies heavily on the rushing attack. Can Zach Moss step in and look like the same guy who filled in at the start of the season? When they are forced into passing situations, can Gardner Minshew keep his mistakes to a minimum? I think the Titans are too disciplined and too well coached to lose this one. Titans win in a close one at home. Moving on, we have the Falcons at the Jets. The Falcons stick to the running game and manage to kick more field goals than New York. Atlanta flies home with the win. Up next, we have the Chargers at the Patriots. Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler should both have a great game, but so should Ramondre Stevenson and the rushing attack of the Patriots. Herbert is the X-Factor and should result in a win for the Chargers. If not, I think this may be the end of the road for Brandon Staley in L.A. Moving on, we have the Cardinals at the Steelers. TJ Watt and the defense will have their hands full with the squiggly Kyler Murray, but ultimately, they'll pound them into submission in the ground game and win by a field goal at the end. Steelers take the win at home. 
Next up, we have the Dolphins at the Commanders. Sam Howe will keep things interesting, but the Dolphins will do what they have done to inferior teams all season. Dolphins continue to roll on the road. Moving on, we had the Panthers at the Buccaneers. Even with the new coach bump, the Panthers are terrible. As long as they can keep the turnovers under control, Mayfield, Evans, and White will have good games and come away with a win at home. Lastly, we have the Browns at the Rams. Joe Flacco gets the start, and the Browns should struggle to put up points. The Rams should stick to the running game and pound out the victory. Rams win at home. And that will wrap up today's speed round. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Before we jump into my best bets, let's talk a little bit about this weekend's betting strategy. I like the Chargers passing game versus the Patriots defense. I like Keenan Allen in receptions and yardage totals. Eckler in the receiving game also. On the other side, I like Ramondre Stevenson against this poor run-stopping unit of the Chargers. Speaking of poor run defenses, one of the worst run defenses in the league, the Arizona Cardinals, versus one of the best running teams in the league, the Steelers, should be a mismatch we can exploit. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are good options here. Also, Pat Fryermuth is due for a score, and Trey McBride of the Cardinals has increased his production lately. I like him as a bit of a dark horse. In the Broncos vs. Texans matchup, anyone who runs the ball should be a viable option. The Broncos' passing attack is terrible, so they'll likely run the ball more. Therefore, I like Javante Williams over Devin Singletary. But like I said, both should be viable. The Lions' rushing attack against the weakness of the Saints' defense, their run-stopping unit, David Montgomery should be good for his yardage totals and a score. Atlanta's running game against the Jets' defense is a good option, but the fact that they use different backs at seemingly different times, I would stay away from any of them. The Dolphins at Commanders is full of mismatches. Tyreek Hill should do typical Hill things, and they might run the score up, leaning on Mostert towards the end, resulting in an increase in his productivity. Mike Evans and Rashad White have essentially been the entire offense for the Bucks. I expect a big game from both of them here. You could probably throw a dart at all the names and pick a player who will score in the Niners and Eagles game. I'll probably take a few shots here as well. Kyron Williams and the ground game of the Rams should have a solid day against the rush defense that may have a weakened Miles Garrett. Patrick Mahomes should continue to feed Kelsey whenever possible. I like his receptions and yardage totals. On the flip side, Jordan Love and the young receivers of the Packers have been productive lately. Jaden Reed especially. I like him if he plays. Lastly, Etienne should have a great day on the ground against the Bengals. Now I used all of this information to form my following best bets, but of course you can choose to use this however you see fit. Here are my straight five bets for the week. First, I have Cortland Sutton to score. Next, I have Mike Evans to score. AJ Brown to score is up next. Then I have George Kittle to score. And lastly, I have Pat Fryermuth to score. Moving on to my three-leg parlay bet, the first leg is Najee Harris over 50 yards rushing. 
For the second leg, I went with Rashad White over 60 yards rushing. And for the final leg, I have Travis Kelsey over 80 yards receiving. Now it's time for a little fantasy football advice. Here are my top sleeper picks for this weekend. First, I have Javante Williams. Second, I went with Trey McBride. Third, I have Royce Freeman. Next, I have Zach Moss. And lastly, I went with A.J. Dillon. Overall, I'm super excited about the games we put on our watchable games list. The rest, not so much. But who knows, sometimes stinkers on paper turn out to be the more fun games. Either way, this is where I leave you for now, but I will return for the full recap on Tuesday as usual. I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time.